worship the Lord. I want us to worship God for just a moment. We talked about one sound. Everybody say one sound. There is a kingdom sound. There is a kingdom sound. Everybody say that. There is a kingdom sound. Say it again. There is a kingdom sound. And I want you to understand this, that there is always a sound that precedes a move of God. Everybody say that. There's always a sound that precedes the move of God. Whenever you will find deliverance, wherever you will find healing, wherever you find a move of God, it is always associated with a sound. I want us to take just maybe 30 seconds and we're going to we're going to sing this song. We're going to raise it as an offering to the Lord, but I want us to take about maybe just 30 seconds if you will. Brother, I just want you to minister on that on that guitar. I want you to raise your hands in his presence and let's just worship God all over this room. Come on, everybody, let's worship God all over this room. Hallelujah.
This morning we were able to sing songs like He's Alive. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. We were able to sing songs about how worthy he is because of what he has done. And this morning we just want to thank the Lord for thinking about us. Putting things in place like he, he put things in place long before we thought or knew we needed it. He gave us forgiveness. He gave us salvation. He justified us. He reconciled us. And he redeemed us long before we knew that we needed to have these things done. Jesus did a work that only God himself could have orchestrated. Only God himself could have planned such a master plan. It's a plan that no human could have fathomed, no human could have thought about. Can you think about, can you plan from now for the next 20 years of your life and having it go exactly how you planned it to go? Impossible. But God did that. And this morning we can come and we can rejoice. We can rejoice because our Savior did it. And so Father, we thank you for the finished work on Calvary. Thank you that not only did you die, God, but you rose. And because you rose, this morning we can celebrate eternal life. This morning we can celebrate what you did for us. That we are forgiven. We are redeemed. Our sins were paid for. You satisfied the wrath of the Father. And this morning, God, we are free. Free to lift our hands. Free to sing. Free. Free to dance. Free, God, to do whatever it is to worship you. We are free. We are no, no longer bound by sin and shame. We are no longer bound by, the condemnation, by condemnation because of what we have done. But thank you, Father, we are free because you made us free. And so we come this morning, Lord, celebrating what you have done. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're already here. And so we ask you to take over this morning. Take over and speak through me, Lord. Let only what you want your people to hear to be spoken. And so, Father, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we'll be looking... At what if Jesus did not die and was resurrected? So last week we, be, we asked the same question. What, did, what if Jesus did not die? And we looked, we, 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 we thought about that if Jesus did not die, what would be our end result? And in order for us to answer that question last week, we looked at who is Jesus? Who do you say that I am? We looked at Jesus asking the disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter, and they said, some say you are the prophet, Elijah. Some say you are Jeremiah. But then he, he made it personal and he said to his disciples, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Savior. And this morning we want to continue to look at that question by looking at what did Jesus accomplish when he died and when he rose? 
a Muslim said to a Christian, when we go to Mecca each year to kiss the black stone, we can pass Medina and we can see the tomb of Muhammad. But you Christians, when you go to Jerusalem, all you have is an empty tomb. And today on Resurrection Day, as we celebrate what Jesus did, we celebrate that the tomb is empty. Because if the tomb was not empty, we would not have hope this morning. 1 Peter 1, 3 says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So for all those tombs that are filled with bones, we can say today, thank God the tomb of Jesus is empty. Because we have the hope, a living hope, because of what Jesus did. So the Muslim, Muhammad tomb is still filled with bones. Buddha still have bones in his tomb. But Jesus' tomb is empty. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14, it says, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is our faith. So from looking at verse 14, we see that if the tomb of Jesus was not empty this morning, our preaching this morning, our preaching last week, next week, and to the years to come, and all the years that went, and even your preaching in terms of your life that you're living would have been in vain. And so would be your faith. Can you believe it? That you're believing in something that is worthless. But because the tomb is empty, we have that hope. In verse 15 it said, because the tomb of Jesus is empty, we are not false witnesses. Because God testified that we are not false witnesses by raising Jesus from the dead. So we can say, hallelujah. Because the tomb of Jesus is empty this morning, our faith, according to verse 17, is not worthless. And we are not still in sin. Those of us who have received Christ, we are still not in sin. If the tomb of Jesus was not empty this morning, those who went before us, our grandparents and our friends and our loved ones and those we don't even know who believed in Christ, if the tomb wasn't empty this morning, they would have been lost. They, we would not have any hope of seeing them again. But thanks be to God that verse 20 said, Christ has been raised from the dead and he is the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. Therefore we have hope. 
We have hope this morning that Jesus' tomb is empty because he rose from the dead. And we are alive in him and he's alive in us. So what did Jesus accomplish when he rose, when he died and he rose? Jesus accomplished our redemption. To be redeemed is to be brought back, purchased from sin by paying a price and to be freed from slavery and guilt. Romans 8 verse 23 tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Therefore, all of us, every human being on the face of this earth, is in need of redemption. But what? We were helpless and we still are helpless. We cannot redeem ourselves. We cannot pay the price for our sins. But thanks be to God, Psalms 49, 7 tells us that no man can redeem the life of another or give to God a ransom for him. The ransom for a life is costly. So God sent his son Jesus to pay the ransom price for our sins with his blood so that we can be forgiven of our sins. And Ephesians 1.7 tells us in Jesus we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace and Hebrews 9.12 tells us that Jesus did not enter by the means of blood of goats and calves. But he entered the most holy place once for all by his blood having obtained eternal redemption. So not a redemption that when we read in the Old Testament that when they went up with a calf or a lamb or a pigeon or whatever their household could, 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 could afford. That they would have to do it again next year. They would have to be going up again. But what Jesus did, he obtained for us an eternal redemption. One that we don't, there's no more need for sacrifice. There's no more need for blood offering. Jesus did it for us. Jesus' death and resurrection has freed us from all wickedness and purified us. Titus 2.14 tells us Jesus gave himself for us to, be, to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify us for himself. A people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So Jesus' redemption brings purity. It cleanses us from the wickedness in our lives. And it makes us eager. For those of us who accept him, it makes us eager to do good. Jesus paid the ransom price for your sin and for my sin with his life. So that we can be set free. No more slavery. No more bondage to sin. 
We don't longer do what our old nature wants us to do. We have the ability to be different. We are released from sin and the punishment of sin. Are you this morning experiencing the freedom of the redemption that Jesus gave us? Because of Jesus' death, which is my second point, death and resurrection, we have been justified. To be justified is to be declared righteous and not guilty. Justification is God declaring sinners righteous because of their faith and belief in Jesus Christ. And what he does as he justifies us, he treats us as if we never sinned. Romans 3, 21 to 26 says, But now, a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Because all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God and are justified freely by God's grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented Jesus as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time. So as to be just, and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. So God could have said, you know what? I'm not going to wipe your slate clean. You don't have to even. There's no need for sacrifice. There's no need for a penalty to be paid. There's no need for a ransom. But because he's also a just God. A penalty had to be paid. And so Jesus became that penalty. Jesus paid it all. All to him I hope. Sin has left a crimson stain. He washes white as snow. Jesus paid a debt that you and I could not pay. And because of that, when we receive him and believe him, we are declared righteous at the moment we accept him. We give Jesus our sin. What an exchange. And he gives us his righteousness. Jesus' sacrifice covers our sins. And all the charges of our sins are expunged from our record. It's as if we never did anything. It has been removed and wiped clean. Imagine writing on a slate and you come and you erase that slate. It's as if you never did anything. You never wrote anything. No trace. And there's good news this morning. 
Good news for those who are bound in sin and condemnation. Good news for those this morning who feel hopeless. Don't even understand why are we celebrating this morning? Why are those Christians celebrating this morning? The good news this morning is that you can celebrate with us. You can be justified and made right with God this morning by just trusting Jesus to take away your sins, putting your confidence in him and by asking him to forgive you. And there is good news this morning for the believer that even though you have sinned in the past, and your sinful lifestyle may come to haunt you. And the enemy comes every day and he reminds you of your sin. And he tells you of the choices that you made. This morning you can be assured. That Romans 8 1 said there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. Believers this morning can celebrate because we have been made, made right with God. Jesus took our punishment. He met God's requirement. God demanded perfection. And Jesus came, the perfect one. And he paid that price. A Russian general gave a command that anyone caught stealing food should be beaten with 50 lashes. Later on, they caught, the, the, the soldiers caught a woman stealing food and the general said, we have to beat her, we have to punish her, we have to whip her, even though she's a woman, she must be beaten. When they brought her before him, And he looked at the woman, he recognized it was his mother. Because of his great love for her, he says, I won't allow her to suffer. But at the same time, because of the sense of his justice, he said, she must be punished. And so he went over to his mother and he released her from, from the bonds. And he brought her to his seat of authority and had her to sit before the soldiers. And then he went and he offered himself. And he placed his hand before them and he says, Strap me and beat me. I will take her punishment. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus came to a world that was full of sin. And he saw that we were deserving of our punishment. But the justice, the holy God says, I cannot allow sin to go unpunished. But Jesus said, I will go. And I will take their punishment. And because of that, Ephesians tells us that we are seated in the heavenly realms. Far above all principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Because Jesus paid it all for us this morning. We are seated 
And he took our punishment. Romans 5 1 said, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. And so we recognize that justification brings peace. So for those of us who do not know God, I know you are in turmoil. I know you do not know the peace of God. That's not the peace that the world offers. The peace that the world offers says everything must be going according to your plan and your schedule. But the peace of God says even when there is war, even when your life is in turmoil, even when everything is up and down, you can have God's peace. Because Jesus paid it all. And the third point this morning is, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we have been forgiven. Forgiveness is erasing, wiping, removing, expunging. In Luke 23, 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive the Roman soldiers. Forgive the Jewish, the Jewish leaders and the Jewish people. Forgive the, 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 the Roman officials. Forgive Ava. Forgive Anne and Kirk and forgive all those people whose sin has caused me to be nailed to this cross. And so when Jesus went to that cross, he went carried your sins and he carried mine. And because of that this morning, we recognize the need for God's forgiveness. I try to think about what Jesus experienced. And I thought about all that the pain that I've ever experienced. And I said, okay, can I, can I just bottle all my pain from as far back as I can know? The pain that came with rejection, the pain that came with hurt, the pain that came with broken relationship, the pain that came with wrong choices, the pain that came with disappointments, and if I could combine, bring all my pain together and combine my pain with what? With, with your pain and everything that you could have gone through. And if I could take all of that and bring it into one day and I would sit down one day and feel all of my pain and your pain. I said I could not manage it. I couldn't even imagine. I cannot even right now go back through some of the pain that I've been through before. But Jesus took your pain. God took your pain, my pain, your sin, my sin, and he placed all of it 
he dumped it on Jesus. So Jesus took your infirmities, your sorrows, your weaknesses, and he endured it. Even though he did not deserve it. So that you and I can be forgiven. Isaiah 53, 4-5 says, Surely, he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet he considered him stricken, yet we considered him stricken by God. Smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace while we can celebrate this morning was upon Jesus and by his wounds we are healed. When God through Jesus forgave us of our sins we are free. It gave us freedom. Our sins are wiped out from as far as the east is from the west and God holds them against us no more according to Psalms 103.12 a little boy was visiting his grandparents and he got his first slingshot with, and he was there practicing in the woods but he was not able to hit a target so when he went back he went back and he saw his grandmother's favorite duck. And he decided to use the duck as a target. And lo and behold, he aimed and bam! The duck got hit and the duck fell dead. The boy panicked. He hid the duck in the wood only to look up and see that his sister was watching. And everything that his grandmother would call his sister to do, she would say, oh no, Johnny will do it. And Johnny was so upset, but he had to do it because she had him on a leash. She said, remember, I saw you kill the duck. And she did this over and over, even when his grandfather was going fishing. And he, Johnny wanted to go fishing with his grandfather. Sally said, oh no, Johnny will stay back and help you, grandma, to prepare supper. Or Johnny will stay back, grandma, and he will wash the pots. And so Johnny was doing his chores and Sally's chores, all because he was blackmailed. Sally knew something about him. But one day Johnny said, you know what, I can't take it anymore. And he went to his grandma and he said, Grandma, I want to confess. I killed your pet dog. And his grandma looked at him and said, I know Johnny. I saw you when you killed the dog. And I watched you from the window. And I forgave you the moment you did it. And I was wondering how long would you take to come 
and share it with me. How long would you allow Sally to turn you into a slave? And that's what Jesus is saying to us this morning. I saw your sin. I saw you when you sin. I saw the thought life before you sinned. And I've forgiven you. And I'm wondering how long are you going to allow the enemy to make you a slave? How long are you going to allow the enemy to use your passing to keep you in bondage? How long are you going to remain guilty? Because I have forgiven you. I have freed you by forgiving you. But the longer you stay, not recognizing that you are forgiven, is the longer you stay enslaved. And my third point this morning, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we have salvation. The word save is to deliver or rescue. Salvation is God's gift of deliverance and rescue of man from the doom. Imagine God delivered us and rescued us from doom. And, and many persons today who have not yet received Christ cannot even understand the life of doom that they are living in and the ruin that is happening and taking place in their lives. But Jesus said, when I save you, I deliver you from the power of sin. Because I paid the penalty. And now you are no longer eternally separated from God. Actually, your salvation guarantees you eternal life. According to Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Luke 23, 43, when Jesus was being nailed between the two thieves on the cross, one of the thieves said to him, Remember me when you go into your kingdom. And Jesus being such a loving and a saving God. He says to him. Imagine going through your own pain. When you are being nailed. And the agonizing pain that he must have been feeling. And he said to the man. I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me. In paradise. Jesus offered salvation. And immediate deliverance from sin. To a thief. Who was dying. Because of what he did. And Jesus was dying not because of what we did, but because of, because of what he did, but because of what we did. And he said, today you will be with me in paradise. He gave that man eternal life the moment he asked him. Romans 10, 9 to 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Salvation then 
shows us. It reveals to us the love of God according to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It also shows and manifests God's grace through Jesus. So God showed us that long before we were thinking of it. And the truth is most of us were never thinking of God. Because if I, we stop and think it when our backs were against the wall and it looked like it was going to be over, then we allow our eyes to look up and to see God. God was never lost. We were the ones who were lost. And he was trying to find us. My fourth point this morning is because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we have been reconciled this morning to the Father. Reconciliation is to restore friendship and harmony to that which is broken. And when I thought of that, I thought about what Adam and Eve and the relationship that they endured with God. Because the scripture says they heard him in the garden. So if they knew him, think about it, that God would have had a sound that was distinct from the lion and the cobras and the bear and the, and the monkeys and the, and the elephants and the, and the lizard. God would have a sound, a distinct sound. And so when relationship was broken, Adam says, we heard you, but we were ashamed because we were naked. And when relationship is broken, people become strangers and they begin to drift apart. And that's what happened with Adam and Eve. Because where they now would run to him because they hear him coming, they were now running away from him, trying to avoid him. Their sins alienated them from God and they became enemies of God. And that is what you and I inherited. We inherited a relationship that was broken. But guess what? We made it worse by our own sinful ways. We made it worse by the things that we did, the thoughts that we thought, and the lives that we lived. But Romans 5, 12, 12 tells us this morning that just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin. And in the same way death came to all men because all sin. Our sin alienated us from God. And we too became enemies of God. But there's a way God made. God said there is a way for harmony. There's a way for broken relationships to be restored. He said, I can reverse it. I can fix it through my son. And 2 Corinthians 5.19 tells us that God reconciled the world to himself. God brought harmony again to the world, to himself in Christ. Not counting men's sin against them. The result of Jesus' sacrifice is the resolution of enemies to friendship. 
we no longer are the enemies of God. And John 15, 15, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Imagine coming from a place of being an enemy of God to a place where Jesus says, you are a friend of God. Reconciliation also demonstrates God's love. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Second Peter 1 verse 3 says that God provided his divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And so we see that God showed his love when he reconciled us. And he revealed that he has provision in place for us. My fifth and final point this morning is that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we are regenerated. There's a radical change when you are regenerated. There's a radical change that occurs. Your natural way of thinking and acting no longer is the norm or your default position. Day by day, your own nature, the way you think, the way you act is changing. And I thought about that this week, where I had a thought, and I was so conscious, I said, Lord, this thought is not of you. I do not desire to have this thought. And I recognized, I said, wow, God, Years ago, I could have been in this thought for, for hours without even recognizing that the thought is wrong. I could have lived in it. I could have built a castle on it and made it more than it actually was. And I said, God, thank you that I can come to you and I say, Lord, this thought is not mine. I do not desire to have this thought. It is a change. Regeneration is a change from the old nature to the new nature that can only occur by faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Because no amount of good works is none is good enough. Because the Bible tells us that our righteousness is like filthy rags. According to 2 Corinthians 5:17, he said, Therefore, if any man, if any woman, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. So this morning, if you have received Christ by faith, then there must be a change in the way we think and act. If before... We were struggling with cursing and jealousy and lying and manipulation and malice and all the different sins that we have struggled with. And we, there's a gamut of sins that I have struggled with. Because God has declared me a new creation this morning, I can stand and I can say to him, Lord, 
Thank you for the finished work on the cross that give me hope. Thank you for the finished work on the cross that I no longer am bound to sin. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I can behave differently. I can act differently. I can think differently. I can speak differently. Thank you that the tomb is empty. Thank you, God, that your tomb is empty because the empty tomb gives hope. Every moment of Jesus' life was focused on his destiny. So from the moment Jesus was born and the moment that he had sense and he started to understand, he recognized that this is what I came to do. I came to die and to be risen. I came so that God could clean the slate of the men and women who need to be forgiven, which is all. I need to die, Jesus is thinking, to satisfy the wrath of God against mankind and to reconcile, to restore man and God so that the harmony, imagine, I cannot even think about my life now not being able to go to the Father and pray or share my thoughts with Him. I cannot think because there's no one who knows me the way He knows me. There's no one who I share my thoughts with that much I share with Him. And so I cannot imagine not having Him. Jesus' resurrection, the center of Christ, Christian faith, gives believers in Christ hope. Because Christ rose from the dead. So the question says, what if he did not die? What if Jesus did not come and die? And the answer is today. If Jesus did not come and die, death would not have been defeated and believers would not be raised. If Jesus did not come and die, we could not be reconciled to the Father. If Jesus did not die, salvation could not be ours. If Jesus did not die, I could not be justified and made righteous, made right before him. If Jesus did not die, we could not be rescued and delivered from sin. But because he rose this morning, death is defeated. Because he rose, the truth about himself, when he said, I am that I am, I can be everything you want me to be. I can be your mortgage payer. I can be your rent payer. I can be your healer. I can be your deliverer. I can be their sustainer. I can be your comforter and your counselor. The great I am this morning, because Jesus rose, he is the great I am. So whatever you need this morning, do you are you in need of forgiveness? He said, I am the Savior. Because Jesus lived, because Jesus rose, he lives to represent us. And he intercedes on our behalf before the Father. Because Jesus rose by faith this morning, 
I can, you can celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. Because Jesus rose this morning, we can celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Because Jesus rose, we have hope this morning. Because Jesus rose, I stand as one who has been forgiven. One who has been reconciled. I now have access to my Father because Jesus rose. And so this morning, I stand and I speak to you that if Jesus did not die, we'll be a bunch of hopeless people. A people who have no hope, who have no future but death. And this morning, I ask you the same question that the grandmother asked Johnny. How long will you allow the enemy to hold you captive? How long will you allow the enemy to keep you in bondage? Because I have forgiven you. And so Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for the hope. I thank you for the hope that comes from you. God, I can celebrate, God. I can celebrate this morning that you are alive. And because you are alive, God, I too will be alive. I too will be raised from the dead. Because death has no power. Death, oh death, where is your sting? Death, oh death, where is your sting? You have no power. But thanks be to God this morning, God, that I can stand here and I have hope. And so we give you thanks, Jesus, for the work you did on Calvary. Amen. So as you listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to you now, as you listened to Sister Eva speak, the truth of what if Jesus did not die? We recognize that action is needed at this point. And so, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so, in order for us to come, we must recognize the sin and recognize that I have wronged you, Lord. So at this point, if you believe that Jesus came and died for us, if you believe that he rose from the dead, that this morning, Resurrection Sunday, he died for you. As you notice, when he went to the cross, um, he didn't say to the thief, you have to straighten out your life before. You have to come, you have to come clean, you have to change how you dress, you have to He just said that there will be a place for you in heaven. Mm -hmm. So just come as you are. 
Come. Let the Holy Spirit do the work in you. Come. Just as you are. So this morning, if you are believing Christ, dead raised from the dead, and he is your savior, we just ask you this morning to say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the things I've done that are wrong. If you choose to name the sin, that's your business. But this morning, just come. It's not just asking for, for, for forgiveness, but believing that Jesus Christ came for your sin and that he died for your sin. That he rose from the dead. It says in John 11, verse 25, backdrop of the stories was Lazarus died he probably died a couple of days before Palm Sunday and Jesus said to Martha Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and life he who believes in me though he may die shall live And whosoever lives and believes, he shall never die. And he asked Martha, do you believe this? So as you come to salvation and you profess Christ, risen from the dead, recognize that you, will, you too will have eternal life. Indeed, you will say, oh, death, where is your sting? Because death will have no control over you anymore. Sin has no control over you anymore. And you will receive the peace of Christ, a peace that surpasses all understanding. So this morning, as we go, we just want to stop and say, thank you, God. Thank you for dying for us that we may come into your throne room of grace. That we have that relationship with you that has been reconciled with you. Reconciliation that we can come to you and say, Abba, Father, this is it. Abba, Father, do you not see? Do you not hear? Abba, Father, Jesus is a friend that sits closer than a brother. That's the relationship that is most important in your life. It's a relationship that brings you alive. You have hope in Jesus. And so, Father God, we thank you for this Sunday. We thank you, Lord God, that you have won the victory. And you have won every one of the battles that we have gone through. 
And as Ava said that, you know, we can plan our lives, but you, Lord, are in control. Once we accept you of, as Christ, as our Savior, you are in control. And so take control of our lives, Lord. Break our hearts for what break yours. Cause us, Father God, as a people to accept your peace in Christ. And so, Lord, we just want to pray for all those who are listening. And we want to pray for all those household represented. And so we want to say, Father God, have your own way in your lives. We pray, God, that you will go into the rooms, go into the highways, go to, into the byways, go into the cars, go into the homes, go to those who are listening, who will be listening a week from now, a day from now. But touch your lives that they may come to know you as Lord and as Savior. That they will bow their knees to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, to the conquering line of Judah. Who will and reign now and forevermore. Lord Jesus, that they will bow their hearts. Lord, that you would, even now as I speak, you would go forth and heal those who need healing, who need physical healing, who needs emotional healing, who will, you will reconcile families, Lord God. That children's hearts will turn back to their father. That mothers and fathers will be brought back together. That marriages will come to healing. That Lord, restoration of the King of Kings will come into their homes this morning. And that the peace of Christ will rest, remain, and abide with them. No one forevermore. Go with the peace of Christ. In Jesus' name.